0: hello hello welcome back to a new episode of chat with you know today i was supposed to have two people on at once my first time ever but like usual our second guest is always late but today without our second guest i have our first guest he's a future business tycoon he is one of my best friends someone i've known for a long long time Uh welcome aboard buddy how are you doing
1: what's good Trevitt? Yeah, we
0: finally doing this so i know we, we first tried to do this in person didn't work out and now
1: no, no it was not what we thought it would be it was Now
0: <laughs> we got distracted a lot yeah yeah,
1: yeah we had I a hard knew, time man. making you know conversation there
0: yeah right. how you doing what am i doing how are you doing
1: how do i'm cloud nine i'm doing great yeah.
0: how's arizona yeah. is it how's the weather Oh yeah,
1: it's brutal as always. Brutal,
0: yeah, dude. It's been raining here for the past few days. It's it's been rough, but it finally cleared up, so which is good.
1: Nice, yeah. We got a huge rainstorm. I think yeah. it was last night, maybe two nights ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big one, dude.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. dude.
0: You want to tell awesome. our uh, listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're doing out, out in Arizona? Okay.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, for those of you who care. Uh, I'm attending ASU, Arizona State University, studying supply chain management. That program is what brought me out here. Although I do love like this scenery and the actual state of Arizona, it's great. Yeah. Um, as for why I chose supply chain, um, I really like to be, I, I don't know, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but I like to be in charge. Yeah. You know, I like to lead and motivate people. I find yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. And you know, throughout like sports teams and jobs, like. I've been like team captain. I've been, you know, this and that. So I'm comfortable there and supply chain. What you do is there's nothing but planning and making sure everything fits together the right way. You know, that is what supply chain is. So if you can make sure that that's happening, all the different pieces of your business Mm -hmm. are flowing together properly. You have that skill set, You can manage, any company, any organization in any yeah. industry you're passionate about, right? Yeah. So it's a very transferable skill set to learn.
0: Do you think your prior experience like working at like Snap Fitness as a manager and like your um, your past internships at, at like in Akron and whatnot have helped you like um, at ASU with supply chain management and the classes you're like taking?
1: So I think what you brought up Snap that's a great example. Another one would be when I worked at Autobahn as, you know, the the cart mechanic for a while. Yeah. Both of those jobs I had, I was I was like the only man. Yeah, you know, making sure all the different functions were uh, flowing properly together. So that's like snapping this was my first job in yes. senior year of high school, right? And I was like all alone when I worked there. Yeah. So I got on my feet real quick learning how I need to like structure the day, Mm -hmm. what I need to do when, so I don't get piled up at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So That's probably also a great job because you got to work
0: out like while you were actually on the clock.
1: Yeah, that was a huge perk. And I was writing homework, dude. If I wasn't doing homework or helping a customer, I was working out. Yeah. But it was mostly homework, I'm not (laughs) going to lie. So
0: I like how you brought up the fact that Within supply chain management, you have to be kind of be like a leader. You have to be in charge of, let's say, your like your your vessel, your vessel, right? You have to be right. in charge of it. So, so, so one of your uh, adventures or ventures, like when we were in high school and a little bit after high school, you wanted to become a professional race car driver and a motorcyclist, correct?
1: Yeah, that definitely a huge passion of mine.
0: Yeah, so did that, did you kind of gravitate towards that because when you're driving a race car or you're behind the motorcycle, you're in charge of like everything that goes into it, like on how you perform, how the vehicle is moving and like the speed and everything and how you can pace yourself or set the pace for people behind you or in front of you. Is that something that kind of like pulled you in into the sport of motocross and like uh, racing?
1: So I see a huge parallel between what I was saying about supply chain, like it's planning, you know, side of supply chain. Obviously you're not like hiring logistics coordinators on a racetrack, you know, but that kind of planning that it takes is so transferable to the racetrack. And I'll give you one quick example. Um, in racing, we have what we call like three types of corners. Okay. Okay. One is an entry. One is an exit. One is a compromise. Okay. Okay. Entry you want to go into the corner as fast as you can. Okay. Correct. You want to break as late as possible, you know, this and that exit. You want to get on the gas coming out of the corner as soon as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have a big straightaway of you, you want to maximize your top speed. Yeah. And then you have what's called a compromise. And this is the beautiful one that goes into the planning and stuff that I see the parallel in. And it's where you look at the, the corner on like a map of the track yeah. and you say, this is a comp or like, this is an exit corner. I gotta haul ass out of this one. Okay. Mm. And then you go to the corner before that, right? The one you set yeah. yourself up and you see, oh, this is an entry corner. I want to go into this as fast as possible because I have like a big straightaway behind it. Right. But the second one that's an exit is more important. So the the one that comes before is what we call the compromise. You take that differently than you know the book tells you. Yeah. It comes after it. The right. The next corner is more important. You need to set yourself up for that exit to just, you know, higher screech on the way out of that one, and, and so you can get your top speed high at, on that straightaway. And this is all like milliseconds
0: of like decision making, and like it's not like you have like a, a thirty second buffer like from the time like you enter a corner to the time you're coming out. It's like oh no way snap no the corner and... like
1: yeah it, it all happens so fast and. All, Although, like, you know what kind of corner it is, yeah. you, you look at the map of a racetrack and you see, okay, this is how I actually need to take these, right? Yeah. It's different when you're surrounded by different people and you're going to overtake someone, right? right. You have to, you could literally, like, you turn a really great exit um, corner mm-hmm. into, like, an entry one because you have to alter your strategy and overtake this guy, you right. know? Yeah. And that is the stuff that happens in a millisecond. You're like, oh, he started breaking a little too early, right? I can I can outbreak him right and sacrifice my exit on this corner but at least I'll be in front of him now you know
0: right yeah like, like that quick decision making like acting on your feet like okay so reaction a happened what can I do with reaction b to make it possible exactly yeah output?
1: yeah and like, like your your safety is out. on the line
0: yeah like when yeah. you first started out like what was your, cause I've seen you like on the track, like I've been terrified when I, when I saw you coming out, at least on the motorcycle, like going <laughs> full speed. But like when you first started out, like learning the bike, learning the car, mm-hmm. what was your, like, how did you feel like when you first got behind it? Like you were, you like terrified? Like what was going through your, 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 your body?
1: You know, the first time I was on a racetrack was in a car. It was like, yeah. It's an open-wheel Formula 2000-style car, all right? So if you know what like, an Indy car looks like, yeah. it's a much like not-as-fancy version as that, okay? Much okay. More. Um, and the thing that surprised me the most is how raw everything was. Like, there was not one electronic input that this car would take, you know? It is all manual. We had a dog box gearbox, which is, like, a sequential gearbox. You have to, like just clack through the gears it is yeah. rough and that thing is vibrating like crazy you're sitting like two inches in front of the engine that yeah. has no cover or anything it is yeah. roaring it's raw you know like you feel everything so that's what like shocked me the most when you're in your car and you're going fast you're still like in a luxurious cabin you have a leather seat under you right this is hard plastic attached to a fucking engine excuse yeah. my language like no you're fine yeah we're- that, like when you when you press on the gas and you feel the whole car like change frequency if yeah you know what i mean you're like oh like this is about to get real yeah like, yeah it's so, very like, how does
0: how do you think like your your experience like on the track and like being being behind the wheel of like these high-powered engines do you think like that's helped you uh like in your day-to-day stuff because you have to be like super focused right like when you're behind the wheel like of a race car, oh, yeah. like your focus completely has to be on that you can't like doze off or like daydream do you think that's yeah. like helped you like Cause you're like a great student, so like, do you think that's helped you Thank like you. with your focus and like your your drive whenever you take on a new
1: assignment? So I would say, um, when when you say like the drive of taking on a new assignment, yeah. that's something I never back down from. Like when I when I accept something like that, yeah. I go balls to the wall. I will, just day in day out until I'm happy with that product that I'm gonna like turn in, right? Um, and I think that that just speaks like my personality. Mm-hmm. And how I would like, also on the racetrack, like, I want to get this corner down yeah. perfect, you know, which is like impossible on the racetrack. There's just so many variables that's stopping you from achieving perfection, but you strive for it in order to get better. So I think that's like a good parallel. As for like, that concentration aspect, I think it's a little different just given the environment you're in. It's not like high stress, like, um, I don't know, you have like no elements to be fighting when you're sitting behind the laptop. Making out an essay something like that right so I think it's different but that same kind of drive that makes you want to be better like than last time every time
0: dude I think like I think that somewhat resembles to me but at the same time I don't think it does like I think like I I think I do better under like high stress environments so, like let's say okay. uh, a project is due or like a, a report is due like in I don't know 10 hours and the time is ticking. And I know I don't have ten the full 10 hours to get it done. Mm-hmm. I, I do really well underneath like high stress, but I'm also the type, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm also the type who procrastinates and puts myself in those situations just because yeah. I'm like, you know what, like it's go time. Like I have nothing else. Like I got to like go out all out on this. And that's like my mindset. I know it's not a good mindset, mm-hmm. but like I've been working on it where it's like, it's like okay, even if the thing is due like next week, just try like looking at it, try wrapping your head around it. But I think like focus for me is like sometimes it's really hard um, unless it's like a topic that I'm really like have self interest or like have something going for it. But mm-hmm. um, in regards like sorry, we'll come back to the racing. But like when I when I did my post back and I' am for the MCAT now, I see that that focus is like kind of back after learning how to study properly or study effectively i can sit longer for longer periods so when i was thinking of you in a race car i feel like you had to like train your body and your mental state to like be in those high stress environments for those short periods of time so you can kind of relax afterwards is that am i sort of on the same page or no
1: (laughs) so you you struck something really important when it comes to like focus on the racetrack and stuff and that is one thing i struggled with the most mm-hmm. of like getting into motorsports and stuff. Yeah. Oh no. We lost connection. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. We got you. Okay. We got you back. All right. All right. Um yeah, like nothing else matters other than how you're approaching this corner. You know? Yeah. Um that was difficult for me. I my rate my mind is always racing like a thousand miles an hour, thinking of like just dumb relevant relevant but maybe not that important right right, right. and the my, like the instructors i was learning from they stressed so much that like, you gotta meditate like you have to yeah. practice getting in that zone of like just focus on your inputs to this machine and yeah right so i would practice that on like i had like a race simulator at home right mm-hmm. so my goal with that wasn't to like get fast times and this and yeah. that it was that was my meditation practice of like mm. one type of it right right um, seeing how many labs i could get without breaking my concentration on the racing right and that's like kind of extra hard because you're at home you know like there's noise parents are walking around like right so it was like an extra challenge but it's so like
0: home. when you bring up meditation So you used to be on the race simulator when you were, like, trying to focus and calm down for, like, races. Did you use the same race simulator, like, during your day-to-day, like, life when you were trying to, like, meditate? Like, did you try to bring those same, like, meditation practice into your, like, day-to-day? Like, if you were, like, stressed out or having a bad day or anything, like, did you try to use the same practices to, like... Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. That that practice of just blocking out the the non-essential things from your mind and your thoughts yeah. i mean that's like that's transferable to all tasks you need to focus on right yeah. the way you do it might be a little different but i learned to like identify the signs of like oh the like random stuff is like creeping up yeah. you know get go deeper go deeper right like that so i can i can transpose that into work and stuff
0: i think like my source of meditation like at least this past year and a half it's like Mentally, it's been tough. Like it's just like constant battles. It's like you know the date, like the regular uh, crap that anyone faces. Uh, but like especially due to COVID, it's increased for me. So I think my source of outlet for meditation was actually working out. Um, I don't remember. I don't think if you remember when I was in, when we were in high school, I hated lifting weights. It was always mm-hmm. about like cardio and like even then I couldn't run that much. But like now it's like running lifting and then core because I feel like nice. I, I realized that it's when I worked out like my I'm like all that energy or like negative stuff that I'm facing throughout the day just goes away like I release it and then I mm-hmm. like come back like calm down and I'm like you know what my body feels good I feel good like let's rock and roll like let's nice get this done and ah, dude I think meditation is very important sometimes in life like no matter what situation that you're in just so like you have peace within yourself
1: yeah i i heard you talk about like meditation and like mental um i don't want to call it mental health techniques but like mental control techniques like meditation and different ways like you can get in the zone and stuff with your other podcast guests yeah i was like really relating to that because um that's definitely something i would struggle with a lot like not only with the racing but like with school yeah and just so many things going through yeah. my head of what i'm trying to do in assignment you know yeah so meditation is is not i don't meditate currently in the traditional sense of like you yeah. sit down and you like it's-, it's very passive
0: like your tight your type of meditation right what's that it's like more passive meditation it's like you're not actively doing it but it's more like you're like uh the small bits and pieces throughout the day you'll try to find your own source of meditation so i think we lost him again hey. oh he's back hey.
1: Hey. you can't get rid of me sorry <laughs>
0: dude <laughs> uh, was i telling you this um was i telling you the cockroach uh, analogy that i that i came up with
1: it's ringing a bell actually start start saying it again
0: okay okay so so our listeners i was uh watching the show one time and they said this cockroach analogy and i told my brother about it and he started laughing so the cockroach analogy is like um, cockroaches can never die; like they they'll never go away. They'll keep coming back. So I think I was telling yeah. Perham this. I was like, "Dude, it's like a good. It's like um, if you say that to someone, it just depends on how they take it. Like, like Perham, you're a fo- you're yeah. you're a cockroach, bro. And they're like, what? Why are you calling yeah, me, yeah, that?
1: dude? Yeah, what? you were saying. And I'm this, like, yeah. no, no.
0: I'm saying like you can survive, right? Any- environment thrown at you like in this yeah. particular tv show the dude was shot like multiple times and he still survived and he made it to the hospital and then i was just like you know that's a great compliment to someone like dude you're a cockroach you're always come, i, I can always rely on you to like <laughs> to come back like i don't have to worry bro. about you
1: <laughs> oh that's sweet bro you too man i think the uh the, the more polite way to say is you're very versatile and resilient. Right? Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> you're more of a Swiss army knife, but I
1: like this. I like this I mean, analogy. Cockroach better. You're a more cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Some guy comes up to me, bro. you're such a cockroach, man.
0: Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's I think fun. it's like, it's like people today, like sometimes you got to like, re- like, at least I catch myself whenever I talk to someone or text something, I always try to think of it. I'm like, how would I react if I sent this? And I was the receiving end and I did not like understand like the, how he or she was saying it, like in their regular tone, if you were to see them in person, right? Sometimes I catch myself like apologizing to like the other person. They're like, why are you apologizing? Like, I know what you mean. And I'm like, well, you know, just to be careful these days. Like, I, I don't want to offend anyone. So like, I think when I told you that I had to explain like what it meant, like how it was a good compliment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I get that.
0: Dude, I think uh, I, I want to tell some fun stories Um, while, while uh, we're we're doing, like, this bonding experience. um, You know how we used to go to Audubon, like, uh, yeah. me and Kashif, like, those races? Oh, yeah. You guys would smoke me every time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Listeners, that's not true. <laughs> the real race, me and Kashif would agree. Because Perham was almost a professional racer. We're like, there's no way we're beating him. No matter what we do, we try to block him in. We're going to get the flag. They're going to tell us to move to the side. He's going to go right past us. So me and Kosh would be like, all right, bro, we're racing for second and third. Just don't, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to beat your ass and I'm going to get in second because we both know we're not going to get first. And then every time, man, I don't know how he would do it. I would get in front of him and I would get the flag to move because Kosh was right behind me and I'm like, I don't want to move, man. Like I'm trying yeah. to beat him time wise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: But um if we were talking about this. It was like, what makes a good friend? Do you think? Like to someone? Like what are mm. some characteristics you like to see? And I'll ask we'll ask Kosh if this whenever he joins and decides. Yeah, to- for sure.
1: When he finally decides to
0: he, you know. On time. Friends.
1: Yeah, on time. Well, that, that has to wait for a different day because he's missed that chip already, you know. He's missed that chip
0: many times.
1: Oh, yeah. Countless. Countless. Um, What makes a good friend? Dude, I wish, like, just saying, like, Trevor and the is what make good friends. Like, you guys embody that. Like, putting it into words, what I see and feel from you guys to say, oh, that is why I consider them like my closest friends. Like they are great people, great friends, great allies, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Specifically what, like if I were to put in words, obviously like reliability, dependability, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Other than being punctual for Kasha, if like you guys are there for me, like if anything were to happen, i can call upon you guys and you would get it done you know one way or another and that's like not only that reliability but that kind of self-sacrifice you would do like you know if i was like in a a real pickle and you had something big going on you know you're on like a hot date that night and i send you that sos message and kashif is like out of state you're saying hey change of plans lady um we're going to go on an adventure and help her home real quick. Oh,
0: for sure. Know? Yeah.
1: And I would do the same, the drop of a hat for you and Kosh, you know.
0: You remember the flat tire incident?
1: I do. Yeah. In front of Walmart, right?
0: Yeah. That's when you were said reliability and like being dependable. That's the first, that's always like one of the few things I think of whenever I think oh. of you. It's like, nice, man. Uh, it was, I think I was going to drop my mom off at Walmart I was going to Dick sporting goods and I, hitting yeah. a curb or something and hidden nail, and I got a flat tire and I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to fix a flat back then and I called Parham and Perham's like at work. he's like bro you all right I was like yeah man I got a flat tire can you come help me before my mom kills me and then Perham just like leaves his work while he's already on the clock comes and helps me fix my flat tire and whenever I think about that it's like it's like reliability I I feel the same way about you it's like reliability and I feel like you keep us in check like keep us like you don't sugarcoat it you just even if you don't think it'll be something that we want to hear you'll tell us and i i really respect that in a friend it's like someone who doesn't who doesn't try to like you know sugarcoat it or like
1: bush around the or beat around the bush. around the bush yeah. yeah yes definitely you and kasha keep it real like us three we keep it 100 with each other but when we know like it's not the most pleasant thing to hear we will deliver that same message yeah. but in like a humorous fashion right yeah we yeah. have that dynamic between us like yeah. i think that's what what makes it possible for us to be so like honest and like real with each other yeah and, and i think like, a big, as, yeah you know, I
0: like, think a big thing like in friends is like you want to feel that level of comfort like you and berkeley right I love yeah. seeing you guys interact because oh, uh, it's like constant laughter, and it's just like you guys are comfortable around each other, right? Oh yeah, that's what I always. That's a, I think I see that in ourselves as well. It's like we're yeah. comfortable. We're allowed, We like send each other like, I, dude. I think if our group chat ever got leaked, it would not be good. <laughs> At least for caution. we're fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm saying like that level of comfort, comfortability is just like if you. Have, right it's like that's when you know that you can be yourself you don't have to worry about like um any jokes or stuff that you some they'll take it seriously they'll know that you're being in a joking manner and you know we just we have fun with it
1: yeah definitely and like as for what you said about our our, if our group chat ever got leaked oh we would be under but not for like what people would think. like oh they see like you know scandalous things or like very like not PC. It's not even that. Like we're we're still like polite in, yeah. in terms of like society and this and that. But we dig into each other. Yeah. Like, like never before. You know, it's a <laughs> war zone in there. <laughs> I, I feel That's
0: like we. Cool. Uh, I feel like we. Whenever we do dig into each other, we somehow land on Kasha and we tag team to attack oh, him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it always ends on him. Really.
0: <laughs> like he's never on the opposite end he's always somehow getting tag teamed and getting like assaulted <laughs> there's a uh I don't know what it was I think he like came over when we went hiking he wore pants and I was just like bro why are you wearing pants on a hot day like and we're both wearing shorts and we're like gosh if you want to make it down there are you okay you like you need to hold someone's hands? like I got it man I got it like I've been here before it's like have you really he's
1: like no no. <laughs> that's a geek. Yeah. Yeah. Kasha, he's a I mean, every now and then it'll start on one of us, right? Yeah. And that's fun. Like I'm i I developed this my junior year of high school. Yeah. Um was, or maybe it was senior actually. Mm-hmm. Was the year I developed my sense of humor that has lasted until now. And mm-hmm. that is the roast humor, you know. Yeah. And I am great. I love getting roasted. You know, I'm great about taking that, right? With the right people, you know, of course. But I think that's hilarious. But the reason it always ends back on Kasha is because he throws amazing material in the beginning, right? He comes out swinging and then just dies he, he just he dies slacking, and then we chew him up for like the awful roast he tried to pull right i think at, the funny part is
0: like when he was like guys why aren't you guys laughing that was a good joke
1: <laughs> right <laughs> <Funny> <laughs> that
0: good, <laughs> that's when we start laughing and right. shitting on him we we're like bro you're terrible like yeah, just
1: the put the and sit back there <laughs> <laughs> exactly poor guy
0: yeah, but I think uh, uh, when you when you say you develop your sense of humor, either like junior year or senior year, I think I developed mine, I think, some, sometime in college. I feel like even when I was in high school, like, I think I was too uptight, you know? Like, I think I was too, like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I think when I got to college, I started loosening up a little bit and learning more about life and, like, how you can – take yourself a little bit like you don't have to be that hard on yourself and I think that was mostly due to this uh, mission trip when I went on to India I we, we were working with um people who lived there like in slums and whatnot giving them medical care and the way I saw their living like some people were just building brick houses like in this 110 degree heat I was just like golly this sucks like yeah this yeah. weather sucks like this it, we would get like good water like through water bottles and we would try to give it to like these villagers and they would just would not they would like take it but they wouldn't use it for like actual drinking or anything they just spill it out and we're like dude you not understand this is really good water like your water is contaminated that's why they're telling us that's why they're giving us these water bottles so we don't get sick right and then I had like that realization in life it's like I'm very grateful for the things that we have back at home like Mm -hmm. water AC, uh, we don't have to worry about contaminated water. At least in some parts, like of our, like in Virginia and like the country, and I think that's when I'm like, you know what, I can I can loosen up a little bit. Like I don't need to be like so uptight and go like blah, 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 Like just walking around like serious all the time. And no, I was just like, I think that's when I developed. I'm like, you know what, let's do some. I feel like we can make some good jokes, but they have to land, and I think I'm still struggling with that landing, <laughs> landing the jokes. I think I also get roasted, but then I'm like, right. I try to roast back, and it just does not work well.
1: <laughs> I say, but you got more skill than Kashif does, and I'm not only saying that because he's not here, you know.
0: Oh no, this guys, this is a pure example of how this we always ended up end up shitting on Kashif. He's not even right. here to defend himself. We're just shitting. Right.
1: What's <laughs> <laughs> so the dynamic of this trio like? Do but I wanna
0: I wanna talk about like uh, humor like in sense of like you and Kashif used to do um, stocks and whatnot like after hosting, oh yeah right? yeah big time but so, like there was obviously you guys had your gains but you also had your losses so oh, yeah when how do you think your and Kashif's friendship like develop like grew uh, grew together like during that period right because you guys went through it and then you're like you had your tough days together and you had your really good days together
1: yeah so there's this saying everyone's heard it don't do business with friends or family right that is like I get it I totally understand why they say that you know and we started our like really tight friendship Mm -hmm. through that business though you know like He, I, he hit me up like not i don't want to say out of the blue but he was like hey there's this option there's this class on options trading this and that like come with me okay yeah and that's how we both got into it at the same time and like i don't know i think that's what helped us like connect and with that the uh, the options we were trading it was crazy what you said like our good and bad days our good days in the beginning, oh my God, it was insane. Like we look back at it today and we're like, how did we pull that off? How did we make those gains that we were making? It was insane, right? Yeah. But of course, like it caught up to us big yeah. time. But going through those, like that roller coaster with him strengthened that bond, right? Yeah. It, it brings like a different perspective of the kind of relationship you're building with that person you go about it differently because you have to balance that like professional side right we had a joint account like we we shared money essentially right so you don't want anything getting iffy between you two when you have that situation going right right so we we respected that boundary and we grew professionally and personally together through that time Yeah, yeah so that was great
0: Dude, I think, like, through that also, like, it's, like, what we were going back to, like, we were talking about earlier. It's, like, what do you see in a friend? I feel like you guys both found honesty. Like, you guys were both found that within each other. It's, like, I need to be honest with my partner, like, in every step that we do. So, like, we can both be successful. Or, like, it can both come back at us. But we're, at least we're honest with each other and, like, how we're doing business, like, when we're going Yeah.
1: Yeah, honestly. Oh, my gosh. If everyone was as honest as you guys were, uh, <laughs> would be a much better place. Holy crap,
0: dude! I think that, so. I I want to tell. I was really recent lately. It was I was coming over to your house. I think uh, beginning of fall of 2020, and you you and Avery were going out for a bike ride, and you're like, "Hey, Shrev, you want to come with me?" And I was like, Cause you just got your new bike," and then I was just like, "You know what? Sure, let's do it." Like, and then I remember he, this, yeah, and. I think I've always told Perhan um, eventually one day I want to like, learn how to drive manual, learn how to drive, uh, like a manual car and a bike. Dude, when I got on that bike, I was terrified. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think it was just like how high that passenger seat was in the back. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And you're like, don't grab too hard because both of, because I can lose my balance and then yeah. uh, we can both fall. So like, I think I was holding on lightly, but like whenever we went around those small curves, like, in, mm-hmm back of your neighborhood yeah all i saw was gravel and grass and then yeah. in, in my head i was just like you know what we probably are going like 40 45 miles right now i can't feel it but if something mm-hmm. were to happen on this turn i'm jumping straight for the gas or straight for the grass if i can like and i right. was like it, right but midway i'm like okay if he is confidently confidently be able to drive this motor vehicle this is a two-wheeler and with someone behind him I should not be that afraid and then when you Mm -hmm. get into that stop sign you're like yeah do you want me to hit it fast and I was like yeah why not like it's a straight shot you know like nothing's gonna happen and then Avery's right behind us I can just see her shaking her head as soon as like you uh, hit the throttle and I was just like I think those few moments of like when we were going that fast I was like I see why you're doing it. Like why you ride a bike, even like after your accident and everything. Mm -hmm. I think about that. And I'm like, you know what? This is also like trust. Like you have to trust sometimes in life, you have to trust another person with something. And then you could overcome like a fear. Like when I was in growing up, I had to trust my brother when we went on roller coasters. He's like, you'll be fine. Like I have a massive fear of heights. And he's like, you'll be fine. You're like, you'll actually enjoy it once we go through it. We did it. I started enjoying mm-hmm. it. I developed a mechanism on like how to get over that fear. So that's the same thing that yeah. I thought when I was in the back of the seat. I'm like, I'm just going to blindly trust Perham and his driving like ability.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was bliss. It was like a total bliss moment for me. Like I felt like doing this and I was like, you know what? We're probably going to fall. Like I'm not. Gonna-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Right? Um, Well, you say like when you got on, you were like, you know, holy crap. This is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. That's one thing, like, like I said, it was very raw in the race car, yeah. but when I got on the racetrack with my bike on like a motorcycle for the first time, yeah, I had never ridden a super sport, which is like mm. a race tuned engine, right? The same yeah. size, but way stronger. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of hard for people to understand like the same exact size engine, but yeah. like 70 more horsepower comes out of this thing because of, like the tune and the way it's built when I felt that kind of power for the first time, I was scared, dude, it scared me. And you have to break so hard to like, you know, slow down for the turn when you get to it. I was like, whoa, I never really realized this. Like there's no seatbelt on the bike. So when you break that hard, your body like wants to fly forward off the motorcycle, you know, and you have to like squeeze with your legs and like tighten your core, like just to stay on the thing. While you're slowing down, downshifting, you know, rev, all of these things you have to be thinking of while holding on for dear life. And yeah. I think we got sloth man coming. Oh over. man! Of course, he also okay. interrupts a great story. Not that, like, I get like that kind of trust that you're saying, like, you had that kind of yeah. trust in me, right? Yeah. I had to have that trust in the instructors telling me what to do, mm-hmm. and that kind of trust in the tires on the bike to like keep grip when I'm leaned yeah. over that far, like my knee is on the ground, and the only thing keeping me there is the rubber is the yeah. tire that's it right yeah, and it's an inanimate object we can't even talk about it
0: yeah <laughs> i think i think also when we when you were racing at summit point or just like doing your trial runs mm-hmm. uh, you know your sister like me and her were standing right next to each other when we were going on the curves and she's like he'll be all right like he's done this before like he'll be all right coming out and just you coming out super fast like off that brake.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, he knows what he's doing like he'll be like he'll be fine
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a dude, I appreciate you coming out so much. Like dude, I, I don't was understand a like totally how Really hot day. Hot. Dude, yes, that's wow. what I'm saying. Like dude, heat stroke. Like it was two people got heat stroke that day. They got taken out on the ambulance, dude. Really? It was, yeah, it was so hot. It was like like 101. Yeah. High humidity, yeah. right? And then I'm in a full black leather race suit, black right. helmet, you know, on this screaming hot engine on black asphalt you know it was so hot when it got on the track moving your body like that yeah. dripping sweat it was dangerous dude
0: i think Dang like that's it was also, dangerous i think that's also like a trust component it's like your family is trusting you to like know your own body like when it comes to that kind of stuff like when to pull yourself out when to keep going because yeah, they were
1: like
0: cooling you down with like the water and everything but they're like he'll be all right. Like he knows what he's doing. Like, I think that, that that trust component, it goes in so many different ways that we don't even know sometimes that we're giving someone else that trust just by like being there and like knowing like what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm same page. Great way to put it. Is he joining twice right now? I don't (laughs) know what this
0: man's doing. He's late. He's not joining this properly. And he's not even communicating oh, oh there, he there he is dude okay
2: hi guys how you doing
1: uh, Good. welcome dude. We,
0: were, uh, we were shitting on you while you were being late and
2: oh big time yeah, yeah like how you have no punctuality dude sometimes. dude mm-hmm. i i mean i already knew that you didn't have to tell me
0: <laughs> we weren't telling you we were telling our listeners
2: <laughs> i mean either way it's getting out to the world
0: what's up man how you doing
2: I'm good. How are you guys? Dude, yeah, we were just, cool. we
0: we're good. We were just talking about trust, friendships, like fun little stories <laughs> that, like we've had in the past. So I asked mm-hmm. Perhomp this. What do you think makes a good friend
2: in like your opinion? What makes a good friend? I think one, uh, a good friend has, has to have like one characteristic that... <laughs> goes the longest way is loyalty loyalty trust are the two main ones that you need to have in order to like keep a solid friendship yeah um and i think these components keep uh, make or break the um friendship like long term like lifelong you know
0: yeah mm-hmm. so what i was what i was asking perham earlier was like when you and him first started going into stocks like how that like that time period like when you guys first started doing it how like how it strengthened your guys's relationship and Perham, please feel free to join in and repeat sure. anything to this man who's behind but uh um, okay. <laughs> we we're just saying like perham was just saying like how you guys built like that trust factor together like about being honest with each other and being like loyal like because i how, like, the peaks that you guys reached and then, like, the down, like, falls at some, like, the, some of the days that you guys had?
2: Um. So, I think there's, like, I feel, feel like bros don't need... I feel like that trust and loyalty component comes in more, like, more or less, like, relationships, I guess. But, even, like, as bros, you don't need to have that kind of, like, trust or loyalty, if you know what I mean. Because, like... You, you don't have to, there's no like boundaries or limits that are like set and you can't cross. You know, there's more into relationships, you know, like how you can't cheat and how you can't, you know, just be a hoe, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude. Okay, I think there are boundaries and lines <laughs> when, when it comes to a oh, bro, like, so you- bro. The other person's eggs, like that's weird. Like that's crossing a line.
1: Like, gosh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't talk.
1: He's like not breathing right now.
0: You like see the? Ve- I wish our listeners Could see this video of you. They're like your veins are like popping out on your. Oh yeah, bro.
1: dude. Bro, really?
2: Yeah, like, checking inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, what but like I feel like um okay. So going to like the bros. Okay. I would say just like having a farting people... right now. What is that noise, bro?
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? Got the flatulence. <laughs> what are you talking about? Every time you talk, there's like fart noises coming.
2: Stop moving your microphone. Like Oh, it might be hitting my um Oh my god, stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, my bad, my bad. Sorry. Is that Yo, better? There's
1: something wrong with your mic, bro. It's not that it's moving. Like, every time you talk and it activates is when it happens. Are you serious? Yeah, like, it's not moving at all, and it's doing it. You got mm. your, like, Xbox headset, your PC yeah, dude, headset. Dude,
2: this is Apple Air, like,
1: Just Apple take off the headphones, bro. Just take off the headphones. Okay, hold on. He doesn't want his parents to hear what the things we say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> also family. true.
2: Also true. It's- hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can fix it.
1: Okay, well caution. All right,
2: thanks. is hello? Hello, hello. No,
1: turning it off and on again doesn't work like that.
2: <laughs> Does it is okay, hold on. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut the
1: fuck up. Oh, better?
2: It's good. It's good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Nice. Way to go, it's long.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dude, technical difficulties, bro. Yeah,
1: bro I'm not have a scam. Technical
2: dude.
0: difficulties and you're forty-five minutes late. Right.
2: I fixed it in two seconds.
0: Well, okay. So like, so I, uh, in the beginning, I talked about how Perhams is a future business tycoon and Kashif, Kashif if, he never, <laughs> if he's ever on time, he will be a financial tycoon. But we're also like at that point where we're all almost all done with undergrad, like our graduate or undergraduate mm-hmm. and we're trying to move on to graduate or just the work life. Right. What do you guys think makes an adult?
2: You know, that's a great question. A lot of responsibility makes an adult. That's yeah. one thing.
0: What What do you mean, like, responsibility? Like, what, what are some responsibilities that make an adult?
2: So there's different parts to adulthood, okay? There's, like, ones where, where you, like, are financially stable and then bring more people into your life. That's the second stage of adulthood. And then the third one is basically – you know, just living off of retirement, I guess you could say, right?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. So, for us, we're not even at the first stage yet, right? Because we got so much debt.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And we're just, you know, beginning to work at, like, starting salaries that don't even cover, depending on where you live, of course, you know, just basic... you meet your needs yeah you know you're not wealthy you're not rich you're living life maybe paycheck to paycheck i'm not sure how it goes but you're 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 very you're hustling Hmm. this is like the hustling phase because you're coming out of college and you got all this debt that you got to prepay okay so you're basically hustling so at you're not not even at the uh, part of adulthood like the first part okay you're getting you're gonna get there but you're not there yet but you're striving to get there if that makes any sense
0: yeah it does so like i think like i i I agree like you i think what makes an adult is someone who's financially stable and responsible for like um their own purchases like a house a car uh their own loans and I think also an adult is like when you have to provide for others like whether make it be your parents your spouse your Mm -hmm. children you have or whatever it is and then I think only the third one is like retirement I think retirement I don't really consider it adult I think I consider it like your post adult life
2: post adulthood okay I see that
0: so, but I think, like, the main two criteria I agree with you is, like, one, it's, like, you're financially stable, you're you're able to provide for yourself, and two, like, you're providing for someone else, and you're, respons- yeah. that's, I think that's, uh, like, how your responsibilities change when you become an adult.
2: Um, yeah, Prahan, would you like to add on to that? Yeah, so,
1: I, I think, like, what makes an adult, what you were saying with levels of responsibility, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. Personally, I think it's hard to like put stages and like official labels on adulthood. I agree, like it's a spectrum, dude. Like you could be, I don't know. It even sounds weird to say less of an adult than another person, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also don't think it's like you cross this thr- this threshold and like you are an adult, right? You you keep building mm-hmm. that responsibility and stuff and. I want to just like maybe defining responsibility is the important part and for me that's like the things that happen directly because of your actions Mm. you know and that could be like like we say financial stability right financial independence but i think you could be an an adult without like perfect financial stability or independence right because you could have so many other things that are impacted by your actions that mean a lot right Mm -hmm. such as a kid or you're caring for like you know elderly parents or you know just like you could be taking care of people you could be working a job that has like a lot of weight like you're doing really important work right that kind of like understanding the weight of your actions and how it impacts so many different people right like not only your immediate family your the people that you're doing this job for and your customers like getting that kind of scope on your role in life i think is a great way to start like building your adulthood
0: so you're talking yeah. more about like maturity like being mature about like this like the way you go about your actions and like the decisions that you make in life because
1: it has it can impact others oh yeah like that's a great way to put it maturity adulthood i think adulthood is maturity for people over like 18 or something you know right yeah just like you see maturity for like middle schoolers and like early high schoolers right you say oh you need to like get more mature this and that yeah. you don't see like being adult because like they're children right yeah but i say this all the time i would not consider myself like a a whole adult right now you know i'm right. in school i have debt i don't have like a full-time job like this and that i'm just starting my life i'm not an adult yet i'm a young adult i am working towards that right but i'm not there yet yes yeah. what that there is like could be different for everyone
2: yeah so i want to add on to that um so basically meeting your responsibilities what, whatever you put on your plate if you're meeting the, your responsibilities that makes you an adult if you're okay. meeting
0: your responsibilities
2: yeah. Meeting. So ba- say, say you have a kid, say you're taking care of the kid. You're an adult. Say you bought a car, you're making the t- uh, payments on time. You're an adult. Uh, you have other responsibilities. You got to go like, you got to go to work. You're like, you're meeting the responsibility. You're an adult. If you like don't meet your expectations of like what you put on your tape, like on your platter, then you're not an adult. Like that's not you being mature. If that makes any sense.
0: I think I disagree with that, man. I think like, I think you, I think maturity does play a big role. Like I think maturity and responsibilities kind of go hand in hand, like which, okay. whichever way you phrase it. All right. Like I don't, I don't consider myself an adult, but I, I see myself like kind of getting there, like at least maturity wise of like knowing like what steps that I need to take next. That can help my future and help like provide or like help my parents like find, be like become even more financially stable than what they are right now. Right. So I think like one has to develop that maturity to even be capable of being there for a child, providing for them, right? Like you hear all these stories, like sometimes these preteens and whatnot, their children get left with their grandparents. Like, are they adults just because they have a child?
2: No, but they wouldn't be meeting their expectations. They'll be, they would be depending on someone to meet the expectations of their child.
0: Expectations are different. There's no like set definition, right? So I don't think like, I don't know. I just, I personally don't agree with that reasoning of like one has to meet their responsibilities to consider an adult.
2: So basically, you're saying like setting yourself, making, setting your future self. To be better than it is now is makes makes you an adult.
0: No, I don't think it makes you an adult. I think it prepares you to become a
2: prepare. Okay, yeah, prepares you one. gotcha. Good okay.
1: Way. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> like I'm more along the lines with what Shrevin is saying when it comes to hostage argument and not trying to like dog on you right now, bro. But <laughs> okay. I'm I'm like I'm picturing, you know, this dumb, dumb high schooler who got famous on TikTok and dances for a living and has boatloads of money, okay, boatloads of money, and they can have kids, they can have cars, houses, because at least, at the very least, in a capitalistic society, as the one we live in the U.S., okay, money is what makes that stuff possible. Mm -hmm. You can't go and out of the goodness of a construction crew's heart, they'll build you a house. They'll laugh in your face, you know, (laughs) because they have those responsibilities they got to take care of, right? So I think just meeting those things, if you have enough money, that's easy. That's a cakewalk. That guy hires people to do it for him, right? He does it in his sleep. He's not an adult. He's stupid still, right? So I think Man. the maturity component in conjunction with that stuff that you're talking about mm-hmm. is a great way like start defining adulthood and the path through that spectrum. All right. I
2: changed my mind yeah you really convinced me with that tiktok dancing you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but like, so like Pasha, did you consider your, did you think that you were an adult like when you were like working for amazon and like working like those 10-hour shifts and providing like like the basic needs like for like your food your gas and like whatnot did you think like this is kind of like the early onsets of adulthood
2: um, I would say yes, because I was mature enough to not like, you know, spend all my money elsewhere and pay for tuition. And that is one of the reasons why I'm debt free today, because I was more concerned with meeting the, my debt obligations as a finance guy yes. to, you know, erase that debt and be debt free. So yeah. I wouldn't have to be like, Bound to payments and plans and interest and all that good stuff, you know, because interest is is a killer. Okay, I'll oh, tell yeah. you this. I've told you this once before, and tell you again, like it will drown you, um, yeah. big time. Like most of the people, like oh, after COVID, you know, I've seen like I've I've read a couple articles, you know, and. Interest, they were taking big loans. I'm not sure how they're doing right now, but does that make them adults if they took, like, more debt than they needed, but now they're, like, so, like, in debt? Does that make them adults, even though they're adults? You know, you would consider them as adults, you know? But are they adults for doing, making that decision, that financial decision that, like, they didn't need to, but did just because they wanted more money? That's
0: a good point. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But, like, do you guys think, like, they're. So they say, like, well, example, right? Like, how male brains don't develop, like, their frontal cortex is not developed until, like, the age of 25. Okay. Do you guys think, like, that's just an example, right? Like, do you guys think there's, like, a starting period for when some may consider adult, like, you're a full blown adult?
1: Like, an age, like, a number? Yeah. The hell hell no. Bro, bro, wait, this, I love, dude. I watched this, like, I think it was either on Discovery or History Channel back in the day when, like, that was the shit. You come home from school and you put that on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm too nerdy for. No, nah, was just, there. he's not educational like that. <laughs> he's dude, I'm sorry. Out. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So there was this, like, bit on an African uh, community Mm -hmm. who would, when a young boy turns five, okay? They would have a huge ceremony, okay? Like Mm. the entire community comes out. Mm -hmm. They sacrifice an ox. And like the big focal point of this ceremony is that they circumcise him, okay? ceremony like you know as part of the ceremony yeah like and then the grandfather i'm i don't really know why they do this but the grandfather on the father's side of the child i believe it was the father's side. not that important puts the the removed foreskin on the tip of a banana and eats it what What? i'm not making this up i'm not making it up it's part of their ceremony i'm not judging the only the reason I'm bringing this up is that at the end, after that young boy recovers from his operation and can walk and stuff pain free, he is considered a man in that community. Mm-hmm. He is considered a man, a full-blown adult, and like that blows my mind. You, at five years old, getting your dick skin cut off does not make you a man. I'm no, so- absolutely
0: not. I think like eating the foreskin makes you a man, like the grandmaster.
1: Does it though? Does it? Oh,
2: does? oh no! no. <laughs> I mean, the irony though, like uh, a banana.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's why they put on a banana. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I think putting numbers to things is so arbitrary. Yeah. So dude, I can rant for days about how much I, I hate, like i think systemic like numbers that determine when we can do what like i think
0: think that's a great like um i feel like you guys are familiar like in like the in indian cultures they marry off girls after a certain like age like 16 or 17 because they consider them like adults and then their families send them off like to uh create their own families and whatnot and I to- again, like, I disagree with that. Like, I disagree with certain yeah. stuff like that. It's like they're not at that level yet. You should not be forcing them to do stuff like that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, I read this quote. Like, it it's a pretty popular tweet that like keeps coming up on my Instagram feed. Okay, yeah, um, and it's like we're asking these. Uh, people to make huge life decisions with like student loans and this and that mm-hmm. when four months ago they were asking to go to the bathroom right mm. I think that puts it so well like what I was saying this arbitrary numbers that like determine adulthood mm-hmm. I don't mean like the number is just like you know you throw a dart and whatever number lands on like yeah. that's the number you pick like obviously it's within the developmental like um cycle of humans but it's so black and white in the U.S. Yeah. you turn 18 all of a sudden you can do so many things right and all of those things are expected of you right when you're 17 though you can't do any of that and people treat you like a child right yeah. how do you expect kids to go from 17 to 18 and now like you know 18 have a whole shift cross that border to, to 21 dude they don't know how to do it because they have zero training no experience being treated the way they're going to be treated when they cross that like that portal for you know that age range I, I think yeah it's setting them up for failure yeah i think uh
0: i think some stuff like growing up like you know how they in like grade school and like whatnot as you move up they go like oh this is going to prepare you for eighth grade. They're not going to handle it this way. Like the teachers are going to like do so-and-so. I don't think, at least in high school, it prepared me for college the right way. Like 11, 12, like even the AP courses and whatnot. I feel like each level is different and everyone's understanding on how that level will be treated is different.
1: Yeah, they just prepare you like, when those people say, oh, you're you're going to go to college and they're not going to let this slide, like the way they think they have to prepare us for college is by making things cutthroat, right? Mm -hmm. Making it as hard for us as possible by the institution's policy. When the real challenge that I see kids struggling with when they come to college is managing themselves They're the reason they crumble in college, their freshman, sophomore year, because they don't know how to navigate that space. College, for me, I I did take two gap years. I learned how the world works. I got the feel for society before going to college. That was invaluable. I am blessed that I did that. But these kids who go straight from high school to college, they have no idea what's coming for them. They have no one chewing their ear off to do their homework. You know, the freedom is just one aspect. They're responsible for reaching out to their professors for like help, going to office hours, going to the tutoring. Like no one is emailing them yeah. or like holding them after class. we like, hey, you're kind of, you missed these questions. Let's go over it. There's none of that. They don't know how to deal with that. It's not cutthroat. It's not that hard. No, I agree, man. Like when
0: I, excuse me, like when I made this switch to college, there was a lot of things I never tried when I was in high school. Like At least not to like that extensive point, right? So whenever someone asks me, do you have regrets? And like, would you ever change your college major? I go like, yes, dude. In a heartbeat, I would change. Like I majored in biology with a minor in biochemistry or chemistry and whatnot in the hopes that it'll help me get to med school. But I wasn't having fun. Like educationally wise, like I was not like, like oh, this class is fun to me. Like I want to go to this. I felt like it was like a chore, right? But when I... When I switched my major to just to science, uh, general science with minors in biology and chemistry, I was able, I was given the option to explore other classes and whatnot. This was probably my junior year or end of sophomore year, beginning junior year. And I was taking my like, teaching classes like on like uh, what elementary education majors were doing. I was taking some business classes and, whatnot, and they all counted towards my major. And I was like, dude, there's so much things that I, I enjoy. Right. Like, educationally mm-hmm. that I wish I was smart enough or even like someone would tell me like it's okay you can take this route like you don't have to follow everyone in the same path yeah. and I think looking back on it I would choose a degree that would help me get a job like especially like if I had to wait maybe like a year or two maybe three years after after undergrad to get into med school I would want that security of like this degree will help me right so there's a <clears> like, if I had that, like, mindset like you did, like, maybe, like, have a better understanding of how, how everything works, it'd yeah. be a different saying for me, but, like, at the same point, we learn. We learn through those mistakes or, like, trial and errors, and we keep going. Yep. That's
2: a good point. Um, I'd like to add on to that. So, uh, but before I do, I would like to ask Shrevan, uh, if you had to choose any other major, what would it be and why? Any other major? yeah
0: dude i think i would pick something in engineering i like engineering i like hmm. building stuff i like like mechanical engineering uh i like working like with circuits like so probably like maybe biomedical or like electrical or mechanical engineering i think it's just like it's a booming market for them and i think it's something i would enjoy like just working with my hands and like working out like technical solutions on how to get stuff
1: working and how to create them
0: bring the handyman game, dude that's-
1: that's like Circuits, electrical engineering and biomed right there yeah. true great.
2: that that's that's insane okay so as for my experience with um college it started out as at nova okay and nova was very easy it's literally high school 2.0 okay so there's teachers actually come like you know, some teachers treat you like you're in high school. Some t- teachers treat you like you're in college. Mm-hmm. So there's like a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so but from the teachers that teach you, like you're not in high school and teach you the way like you're supposed to be in like Mason because they know how Mason's gonna treat us. Mm-hmm. Those teacher were were more beneficial to me in the long term because they set me up to. Uh, like, just do better in class and, like, take my own notes, do my own studying. If I didn't get anything, ask for their help, come to their office hours. And they were mm-hmm. very, like, open with it. Like, they were like, if you don't get this, you better come to office hours because if you don't get this now, you won't get this on the exam. And, like, you know, getting the work actually done and not being able to complete it and going in for help really, like, set me up to be successful, at mm-hmm. nova and then they're on after at mason but mason is a different ball game like that's mason is college nova is not college at all like community college treats you treats you half like you're in high school and half in college so what if if you ever say like if you ever hear anyone say like oh i went to community college so i got like part of the experience with like college no there there is no college experience and like community colleges mm-hmm. and they will not set you up for a four-year college where the professors don't give an F about you
0: yeah. okay sure. so, let me ask you this like Perham and I, we for a majority of our education like at least after high school we were away from home right like we were at maybe like a couple hours or like a flight away but you, mm-hmm. most of yours like with at home with your family right what was did you from the day you started like at nova into the day you ended at uh mason what are some personal growths that you saw within yourself like from like studying at home and like commuting and like doing all that experience
2: so i would say like um you know working from home i mean like it's kind of like a work from home type thing yeah you know like where you gotta be uh from a, from one point to another, if either you're take, either if you're taking like classes online or in class, you know, and how it is now. But, um, m- for me, mostly it was going to sp- going to class. And I would, for me, I didn't make a lot of friends, um, because I was just too focused on like getting my schoolwork done and like getting good grades yeah. that I really didn't care about, like care to make any friends, you know? Um, so I think it was pretty like like pretty straightforward for me. Like I didn't do anything crazy, didn't party, yeah. didn't do anything, you know. It was it was not a college experience, but I wouldn't if I were to do anything do everything again, I would do the same thing, you yeah. know? Like I wouldn't change a thing.
0: Really, not a single thing.
2: Hmm. Uh yeah, not a single thing. No.
1: Wow. Nice. That that's, that must be a nice spot to be in, bro. Yeah. Nice. For sure. For
2: sure. For, sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the dorm experience, all that, you get to see it, it's cool and all, but like
0: no, no, no. I was talking more like like personal growth. Like did you see like any characteristics that you maybe noticed of yourself like in high school? that like have a, have either transformed or like you completely like kind of changed as you went through your college like life.
2: Oh yeah, the one thing is like procrastination. That was a very very big one for me. So coming out of high school, you know, I used to procrastinate till like you know, test day or like the day before test day. But with college material and especially in, like the 300 400 level courses, mm-hmm. That is not, like, an option, like, because there's so much thrown at you. Um, in my 303 class, actually, this, this, like, in, like, the second year, sophomore year, um, I actually learned this the hard way. I, I procrastinated and did it. Like, my first exam, there's, like, five exams, and I literally, like, bombed that. I got, like, a C. And there's only 10 questions on the exam, and you had to study, like, 240 questions um, on the practice test. And any of those uh, questions can be on the final or your exam. And there's only 10 questions in 60 minutes. So there's no, there's no room for error. Right. So that's where like the procrastination really like, um, I had to like manage my time, particularly in that class, but that class and onwards, I had to use like the mentality of like, you know, I had to remind myself, like, if I don't do this, like that's going to be my result. And that's Mm -hmm. what like kept me going and made me like study more often just so because I didn't want to fail a class like that, you know.
0: Let me ask you about this. You guys like when you guys are in school, right? Like you guys want to get those good grades. You guys want to get those internships and whatnot to like help you propel your career after college, right? So you're Mm -hmm. making decisions that will have future impacts. Does that make you guys like, semi-adults while you guys in college?
1: Yeah, I said like, I consider myself a young adult, right? I have responsibilities. I understand the weight of them, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that's one of the reasons I grind so hard when I'm at school. Like, Mm -hmm. I know no one has seen me in my school environment,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: my housemate and my neighbors here have Mm -hmm. I. And like, I don't want to say I'm a ghost, like a hermit crab living in my room, but when it comes to school, I do not mess around because I understand the better I do here, the better I like position, job, whatever I can get out of school. Yeah, to pay off that debt I'm accruing right now. Mm-hmm. That debt accruing with that interest that Kasha was talking about earlier, it is bananas. Okay, like people don't understand what it's like to be go into these big institutions basically all on private student loans, right? And I don't have another option to Mm -hmm. fund my education other than that. But I understand the trade-off of like education or not and like the rest of my life, right? So I strive, as I'm putting in the work up front in school so I can just breeze through paying that debt off.
0: Dude, I kind of feel the same way like I've had this conversation with a few other friends and like uh, when it comes to responsibilities and like how we feel about it at least for me it's like every day that I'm not like on my way to medical school or like some sort of program that will help me get there I just feel this amount of pressure on my shoulders like others like my parents or like friends like you guys you're like dude it's all about time and whatnot but every day it's just like I see other people in that position where I want to be. And I like, I wish going back like to regrets, like if I changed the way I studied, right? Or went about my business when I was in school, it'd be a completely different ballgame. But mm-hmm. I think I had to go through those trials and tribulations to be at this point where I understand why, or like how, what it will take like the next few steps for me to get there
1: to my goal. Well put next.
2: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree.
1: Um, as
2: for me, um, I didn't really have any other responsibilities than to study. Cause I was at home, you know, there's no like internships that I took. It was strictly like school, school, home, homework, you know, and then you get, like, your free time, like, you just watch a movie, you do something, you know, game, probably, but as for, like, school, I kept that, like, top priority, Mm -hmm. get it done, just like, just like Perham said, you know, when it comes to school, my parents are very, like, like, I wouldn't say strict, they're leading, like, they give you that time to do it on your own, like, they want you to be successful, you know, and then for me to make them proud is also, like, motivation to do better as well so um i think that also goes for y'all um but yeah i think i think like just coming being like the first generation young adults making your way into this this country you know being successful making your parents proud the american dream i guess you'd say Mm um is is basically at what everyone wants, I guess, yeah. you know, at the end of it.
0: Well, you know, like, well, before we, before we get to the end of this, I just want to say thank you to both of you for making the time and oh. coming on this pod. It means a lot to me that two of my closest friends are For office. sure. Anytime. Uh, oh, yeah. but before I let you guys go, I want to ask you guys a question, right? I do this with everyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you guys have listened to enough of this, you guys know where this is going. But I want to make a little change to this. So I I typically ask everyone recently, it's like if you have a parallel universe, right, of Earth, and you can change maybe let's say like three things, what would it be? So instead of asking you guys that, I want to ask you guys what is like in the future, right, like when you have your families and like you're settled off if you can buy three things and you have a million dollars to spend, what would it be?
2: For, um,
1: go for it. So I have one million.
0: Yeah. You can't save it. You can't like put it in a trust or something. You gotta spend it. Okay. You only buy three things. Like three three things that like will add up to a million.
1: That's okay. That's a great question. Thank you. It depends so much on where I am in life at the time. Let's oh. say let's say <laughs> you're like you have your own business, you're very well
0: off, you and your spouse like have settled in into- are we are
1: we talking about like personal luxury, like have fun items? Or are we talking like smart? I'm gonna like it's up to you get, make an
0: asset with this. It's up to you. It's like how do you want to spend a million that you have? But you have to All buy right. you have to
1: put it towards something. Okay. So if I were to say like, just you know, just for me, right, fun things, it would be a McLaren 765 LT, all right, okay. that is the dream car right now, for sure, and mm-hmm. land, I would put the rest in, like, land and stuff, but if I weren't in such a, like, comfortable financial situation, and, like, I would... But that million, I would turn it into different assets that can accrue wealth for me mm-hmm. later on, right? And if I was just boatload wealthy before I got that million, I would do philanthropy. Yeah. So like the, the, I think I feel like those are the three different situations you could be in. Right. Okay. So those are my answers. I
0: like those. Kashif,
1: how about you? Um, okay. So for me, it's gonna be a little bit different.
2: Okay. So I'm Sing gonna be phones. no one wants so, to hear that answer so, from you. So fuck <laughs> off. Okay. Um, I'm going to have, okay. So I would put like 90% of my money into charity. Okay. And that is, that is because I would like to do some good before. Like, I don't know if I've been partying this whole time, you know, doing what, buying 765 LTs, you know, like I got to give, I got to give back, you know? So I would probably give back, uh, to, i don't know whatever country that needs it the most okay that i can make the most impact out of um and then that 10% i would say you know i would probably buy the latest tesla okay okay cool. i like that cliche but, but you never yeah. which charity question charity i mean i feel like it's got to be I would say probably like some maybe some water, like water. There's a lot of like clean water, probably, or yeah. cancer. Anything like anything that would make an impact in someone's lives. Yeah. That you know you can, you know, feel better about yourself. You know, like you're making an impact kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that that would probably be it. I How about like you, Shavin? yeah i think
0: i think some of my million dollars would go to a 488 ferrari twin turbo like the the latest model that's out um, this I also, man i think i'd also put it towards land and charity land specifically because at least in this area of laden county like there's so much land and people are just like tearing it up and building something i feel like i can get rich like when someone comes to my land and they want to buy it from me um, <laughs> and then charity i think it would it would probably be towards um something like pediatric related like towards kids like probably like children's cancer or because i think that's something that i've always been interested in and i think it's, it's devastating when anyone gets cancer but especially like children because they're so young
1: for sure yeah 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 um trevin yeah can I throw a wrench in your pod? Yeah. Okay. So the only reason I'm doing this is because I was thinking about this last night. Yeah. We were talking about the college, right? Yeah. And like, if you would change the degree you got. And me and my buddy last night were watching Forge and Fire. You know, the like history channel show where they these blacksmiths make like the best blade weapon that they can. No, never heard of it. It's like, okay, so you know those like cooking shows like chopped or like different rounds?
2: Yes, yes,
1: yes. It's like that before making a blade, all right? Okay, okay. So there are four to start with and then you get, you know, they make the same kind of blade with the same material, everything, until the last two, they go home and make it in their own style, blah, blah, blah. Point is, I saw, I literally wrote this down in my phone because it was so funny, it was at the time, that getting a useless college degree, right? Like one that you regret and it's like just out of date, this and that. Yeah. It's like becoming the best blacksmith. Like your blades, you are the in all the land, right? The kids all over request you to make blades, right? Yeah. The moment you finish your training and you want to start making all that stuff, someone comes up to you, shows you a musket and is like, yo, look at this thing. And you're like, oh my God. My entire life's worth is <laughs> useless because we have fun you know. And teams and so. like, that feeling is something I hope to never experience. But it's something as big as my
0: <laughs> It's like people saying, like, oh, <laughs> robots just taking over.
2: Right, right, bro. Bro, Elon already made a robot,
1: <laughs>
0: true. true, dude. I feel like it's, I feel like what you said is like, um, it's like a flipping a clipboard moment. It's just like you're just dumbfounded that you worked so hard. It's like, it's like when you're working on some equation or something, right? Yeah, like, why can't I figure it out? And it's just right in front of you the whole time. You're like, I'm so pissed at myself.
1: Mm yeah that wasted time that feeling of like uselessness
2: yeah like, dude.
1: You're, basically you're not valued
2: basically it's like in, in your math class you know your teacher's like telling you to do the long division when you can also, also just do it like in a shorter way
1: right it's like she's yeah. like no
2: you got to do it the longer way right. but then somebody does it the shorter way and gets the same grade right <laughs> it's dumb, bro I'm Dumb, as done Thank you, thank you for having
0: us on, dude. This was dude, this was a pleasure. Blast. My first ever uh, multi uh, podcast interview. I was. That's very what's happy. up. You, you I'm
2: glad it. we were the first.
0: Well, Kasha, you were late. It was mostly just Perham, and then you you
2: decided, you decided to jump in. <laughs> I mean, I was here. That's what counts. Yeah, okay. I'm really, mm-hmm. really appreciative yeah. of both of you taking the time out. For so, sure. for so, sure.
0: to do this. For sure. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a good night
2: and cheers. Have a good night. Bye, guys. See you. Bye. Bye. See ya.